Hey, welcome to today's episode of the John Papaloni Show. Today is going to be my favorite topic. We're going to be talking about budgets and finances, and I absolutely love this topic. Um, today, our guest is Ashley from Budgets Made Easy. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. As you know, I've been looking forward to this episode I'm excited. And as I was saying to you offline, this is like one of my favorite topics. And usually it's a topic that nobody likes to talk about. Because right. It's sort of taboo. <laughs> the B word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So why don't we start off the podcast as I usually start off with a brief or detailed, should I say, not a brief, a detailed bio of who you are, how you got here and what you're doing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm Ashley Patrick with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. So I help busy moms pay off debt, manage their finances, uh, you know, get past the overwhelm because people feel so overwhelmed when they're wanting to just stop stressing about money, right? Pay off debt, save, like stop counting down the days until payday. And I help them create a simple system, find ways to save money, make extra money, and really just be intentional with their finances so that they can live the life that they want, because that's what it's all about, right? Like being able to do what you want, have options. I'm always talking about, I'm not going to give up any of my options in life, right? So I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And when you manage your finances, that becomes so much easier, especially once you pay off your debt, right? So my journey started several years ago. I was a police officer and detective for uh, 10 years. And once we decided to pay off our debt, I was able to stay at home once I had our third child. So I have three very crazy children. And because I didn't have any debt, I was I had the option to stay at home with my children. And so that's what I want for other people as well, to have the option to do what they want in life, which may not be staying at home with your kids, which is perfectly fine. But you know, if it is, or starting a business or just being able to retire or not stress about money, all those things, you get to have the freedom of those choices when you're not stressed about money. Of course. Now, I did not know about the police officer part. <laughs> so that yeah. one kind of like, like, whoa, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was a police officer and detective for uh, 10 years. So, wow. Stayed at what, home. What made you get out of it? Like, was it really just family? Like, you just wanted something different? Or because sometimes is... that job can have certain elements that becomes mentally challenging. Yes. And so it was a combination. So the mental challenges, I worked a lot of really tough cases that nobody else wanted to work um, because I loved helping people. And, um, you know, without going into too much detail, but, you know, the mental side of things was very challenging over time doing it as long as I did. Um, and then just, I've always wanted to stay at home with my kids, but I also needed something to do, which is why I, you know, started my business. I couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't do it like all in like some people. I just, I had to have my own thing to do as well. So it was kind of a combination. I wanted to be at home. Um, I wanted something different, like you said, uh, change of pace and just uh, overall, my experience was very good with law enforcement. Like, but I don't want to do it again. Like I, I, I did it. it, you know, box checked. I, I did it for a very long time, but you know, it was time for something new. Absolutely. Which is totally understandable. I mean, yeah, totally get that. Now going into what you're doing now and all that, you said you paid off your debts. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, how much debt was it and how long did it take you to pay? What was your plan? Uh, $45,000 and we paid it off in 17 months. We used the, uh, debt snowball method. And, um, I had already, I had always had a paycheck budget system. Like since I got my first job at 16, like I would estimate how much my paycheck would be, what I would pay or do with it, you know, whatever. Um, but I changed the way that I budgeted when we were paying off debt, like you know, before I would list out our paychecks, what bills to pay. And then that was it. We just spent what was left. But once I got uh, super intentional on what our goal was and what our plan was, 
I realized that we had all this money left over that was that we were basically eating, like it was all going to food, right? So, you know, and it was like a crazy amount for our family at the time, like two little kids, like the adults were the problems, not the children. <laughs> and, and so once we realized that we were able to be a lot more intentional with what was left over, and that's how we were able to make a big impact so fast. Now we did do other things, like we sold a couple of things, like a trailer and a four-wheeler, and my husband worked extra as he could. But the biggest thing was just managing our, what was left over more intentionally. And so we weren't like mindlessly spending, which is where I see a lot of people struggle. You know, we go online, we go on Amazon and we're like, Oh, I need this. I want that. And next thing you know, you've spent like $500 over the weekend and you don't know why you're broke. Like where did the money go? So it's just really about being more intentional and mindful about your spending and where it's going. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you something, because you did the debt snowball method, right? So mm -hmm. obviously, we're talking about the whole Dave Ramsey thing, and uh, which I'm a big fan and believer in. Um, but that being said, like, did you go as far as getting rid of the credit cards and cutting them up? And No, no. Like I said, I want all my options in life. I'm not giving up my credit cards or my credit score. Now, I have one card that I use for like online purchases and for rewards points, uh, but I don't carry a balance. Like we pay, I pay it off several times through the month. Uh, but that's something that's a personal choice of mine because I'm more intentional. Now, if you, that's not going to be for everybody. Like if you're still struggling with that uh, mindless spending, then maybe you need to put the credit cards where you can't use it. You know, take it out of your autofill on your browsers and your phone and all those things. But once you get to a point where you are comfortable using them, like, no, I'm, I'm not giving up any of my options in my life. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah. So we have proved is that it's still possible to yes. retain your credit and pay debt if you're intentional. Yes. Yes. I have a near perfect credit score. So does my husband. We have uh, our mortgage and then the one card. That's it. Right. That makes sense. Yep. So that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Now, like, what would you recommend for someone getting, you know, who's feeling that crunch? You know, they're in debt. They've uh, been in debt for a while and they got this mindset where, you know, everyone's in debt and living in debt is just a part of life and something that everybody does. Um, um, but they're sick and tired of it. They want change. Well, I would encourage them to think about what their overall goal is, because that's where it starts is your why and how motivated and excited you are to reach that goal. There's actually been studies that have shown that the more excited you are, the more likely you are to achieve it. So if it's just something like, oh, I know I should do it, or you know, I'm just tired of living paycheck to paycheck, like a lot of the time that's not going to be enough motivation to get you to stick with it in the long term, maybe for a month or so. Uh, but you've got to be like super excited about what's possible for you on the other side if you want to really stick with it in the long term. So have a big vision for your life, really visualize it, create a vision board or create visual reminders of what you want out of life and really focus on what is beyond the debt. What could you do? You know, my husband and I are really good at just sitting down and dreaming together. And if you're in a, um, a couple, if you are a part of a couple, that's really important to do together because it's so important for the long-term success that you are working toward the same goal. And so if you are dreaming together and have that vision together, even if it feels unrealistic right now, you know, we'll, we always talk about, okay, if we just got a hundred thousand dollars tomorrow, what would we do? We just sit there and dream, like we're not getting a hundred thousand dollars tomorrow, but it gives you that vision of, okay, what do I want? Like, what is really important to me in this life? And that's really where you start. I know it's not the math. It's not the logical side of things. It's really not. It's the emotional side of things that you really got to hone in on for long-term success. Absolutely. Well, I believe, I believe you're right there about the emotional part, because if you're not tied into something emotionally, mm -hmm. then every pressure that comes into your life will be used as an excuse to stop doing something. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Right. Now, I mean, logic is one thing and I believe in logic and we should be operating in logic, but history has shown, I mean, look at Apple, 
Nobody needs an iPhone, yet everyone runs for it. Why? Because we got this emotional connection of what it's going to do for us. It's not the stupid device. It's how it's going to make our lives better. And we have this image in our head that it ties into that emotion. And, And you know what? And a company like Apple is big enough and they have marketing gurus that are smart enough to create these messages that make us fall for it each and every time. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. About 80% or so of our decisions are based on emotion, not logic. So, you know, really honing in on that emotional piece. And, um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people that, um, have struggle with like shopping addiction and overspending like constantly, even though they know they shouldn't. And it's because of that emotional side, like the logical side of their brain says, I shouldn't be doing this. And yet they're still doing it. So it's really tied to your emotions and that part of your brain, as opposed to the logical side. Right. And I agree with you when you said you and your husband have to be on the same boat, because at the end of the day, let's be honest. If pretend you have a $4,000 a month income, Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to use fictitious numbers and just say you make two thousand dollars each and your debt. You have you decide that to get out of debt, you need to put a thousand of it away. Mm-hmm. So that would technically would be like five hundred each. But just say you take a thousand of your income, put it away and you have a thousand left for the bills. Mm-hmm. Now he goes out and spends three thousand. You're where you started. Yep. Or, and vice versa. So if you're not on the same page. What ends up happening is one side goes to save it. The other side goes to spend it and you wake up the next month and this is the very same boat you were last month. Yep. And a lot of resentment gets built up and it's just not healthy for your relationship. So it's really important to get on the same page as much as possible. Now I'll tell you, my husband, (laughs) I'm very fortunate. Uh, My husband just goes along with whatever I want to do for the most part. Like he's not difficult to work with when it comes to the finances overall. Now, when he does want something, It's like thousands of dollars, right? Like all the toys and equipment and just like, it's craziness. But, um, you know, he will kind of go along with all my crazy ideas, right? But if you've got somebody that is sabotaging the budget every month, that is going to be a problem. But if they're not, like you said, going out and spending 3000 of the $4,000, if they'll just, if they're kind of like my husband where they just kind of go along with it, uh, but they're not really interested in the numbers, uh, you can kind of work on it and show them the progress as you go. Because like my husband came along once he saw the progress we were making and it's taken him a lot longer to get fully on board Uh, But he does have a different mindset around money than I do. Very different. We were raised differently. And you can really see that when we discuss certain things with our money, he just has a completely different mindset. He comes from a place of abundance. I can always make more money. Debt's not bad where I come from a place of scarcity and I grew up poor and I can't save enough money. Like I have to hoard it. And so we do kind of balance each other out working together, but apart, we have very different mindsets. Right. Now I got the mindset of abundance as well, but I do have the fear going in behind. Yeah. Like uh, I, I'm big time into investing and stuff and uh, I'm a chicken. You know what I mean? It's, it's really funny because I mean, like I live life and I see life and I even see my business in the form of abundance. There's plenty of business out there. You want the work, you just got to go out there and get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, I got this fear in the back of my head going, holy moly. Well, fear <laughs> is good. Like that kind of fear is good. No, that's because <laughs> if you didn't have any fear at all, you would probably make or you could, you know, have the potential to make like really bad decisions. But that fear, that little bit of fear keeps you on track and motivated and focused. So I think a little bit of fear is always good in all aspects of our lives, really. <laughs> True. And I guess it could help me prevent prevent me from making bad choices, right? So like, I mean, like, again, you know what I mean? When I have to make decisions, I'm not just playing with my money sometimes. Because like I said, I, I built a uh, an investment uh, company and yeah. I got other people's money tied into it, not just my own. Yeah, exactly. So I always look at it and say, what's the worst case scenario? And how do I, uh, you know what? I'm not a person who likes to deliver bad news. So I'm always looking at it the perspective of what's the right decision to make that'll leave me in a spot where I don't have to deliver bad news. And that's where the fear comes in, right? So it's always picking the right things. 
But with that being said, now, like you said, like you guys get on the same page and all that. How do you create your, like, how did you create your budget with both of you being on, you know, both willing to do the work, but different mindsets? Obviously, the budget's going to be a little bit challenging to get there, I would think. Um, it it was, but it wasn't because he does go along with most of my crazy ideas and things. And I would tell him, okay, this is how much we have for this or that. Um, but something just always comes up, right? That's what a lot of us struggle with. And so, um, you know, I wanted to go super, super strict. And so like, I cut out all extra stuff at first, including like lunches. Well, he couldn't handle that. Like that wasn't realistic for him. So another part of it is to be realistic. So, um, you know, his job at the time was, uh, in a building, no windows, like on his feet all day. And so lunch going out to lunch for him was a reprieve and a mental break. And he needed that. So, you know, we had to put that back in the budget. And so that was one thing that we compromised on and had to be a little bit more realistic with was extra money for going out for lunch, um, during the work days. And so, you know, it's really about that kind of compromise and, you know, when he does need like tools, like he has to buy all his own tools and stuff for his job, which are expensive. Um, you know, we have to talk about that and put it in the plan. And so, you know, we talk about those things, but I mainly did like I did all the work and he wouldn't like just sit down and have a budget meeting with me, but I'd tell him, Hey, do you have anything that we need to plan for in this next month? Or, um, you know, that, you know, that we need to do and things like that. And if it wasn't in the plan and it could wait till the next month, he was okay with that. Um, but of course there's times that, you know, things come up and that's not possible and we just have to adjust things. So, um, yeah, I just did all the, the legwork cause I do like the numbers. I like the spreadsheets and writing things down. So I did a combination of both and he was just like, whatever, just tell me what I need to do or not do. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, with that being said, obviously, the key element there is not just doing the budget, but you're tracking everything. Yes. Right? Because how would you know if you're on budget or off budget if you're not tracking everything? Exactly. So creating the budget is one thing in and of itself. Sticking to it is a whole other ball game, and where people struggle the most. And so tracking, like you said, tracking where your money is going is crucial. Like you have to, and you can't wait until the end of the month because it's too late to course correct. If you're off, um, you know, you need to do it, especially in the beginning when you're just starting at a minimum once a week, preferably more than that, especially if you are struggling with overspending because you need to see where you're going. And if you wait, you know, two weeks or a month, it's too late. You can't fix it. But if you do it, every at a minimum every week the next week you'd be like okay you can stay on track you can course correct um for the rest of the month because we're human like we're gonna screw up and that's the biggest thing you've got to remember is you're not going to be perfect at it i'm still not perfect at it i've been doing it for years <laughs> like it's just it's life, right? We're humans. Like we are not perfect beings. And so you do have to have the mindset and, uh, the mentality that it's okay. If you screw up or things come up, your car breaks down, you got to take your dog to the vet. Like those are all normal life things that we have to deal with. But as you go and you're able to save and um, save for all those unexpected things that will come up. So they're not really unexpected, but maybe we haven't had time to plan for them yet or the forethought to plan for them yet. Um, you can do that. And then they're just, they're an inconvenience. Yes, but they're not like a financial emergency because you've been able to plan for that. Right. But also to combat that, wouldn't you guys have an emergency fund? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we, when we were paying off debt, we had already had um, a decent amount of money saved because we had, I had always had the mentality of pay yourself first. So for every payday, I automatically had money going into savings. Um, and so, and then we had, um, some home repairs that we knew were coming up. So I did not empty out my savings either. And so I would recommend that you have, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, depending on your situation. Like if you have any major life events coming up, if you know you need to make some 
needed repairs in the foreseeable future. If you're going to be moving, if your job is not secure, um, you know, have some money set aside for those things that come up initially, but it may not cover everything. But as you go, you will be able to save um, more money for more specific things. But if you're just starting out, most people don't already have some money set aside. So that's something that uh, you can work on as you go as well. Right. Well, even going through the whole baby steps, right? Isn't uh, baby step number one? Um, other than minimum payments, you you know you don't make any other payments until you have your emergency fund set up. Which is right. about For Dave bucks. Ramsey's plan, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? How important is that? Or like, would you not recommend that? No, I do think that is important to save something. Now, if you've never saved before in your life, $1,000 feels impossible. So set a smaller amount. Or um, if you already have some money set aside, decide if you want to keep it there or if you want to use some of it towards debt. You know, for me, I didn't want to use mine towards debt until we got to the end where we could just pay it off and then save again for any um, needed repairs. So, you know, I didn't do it exactly that way, but I do recommend that you have some money set aside before you start paying off debt. But I have found with uh, people in my community, like they want to pay off debt. And so they just go in and they start paying off debt uh, without saving first. But if you can hold off and save a little bit first, that'll keep you from having to go back and use the credit card again, which feels mentally defeating because they're like, oh, I paid off this much money on my credit card. And then you have to go back and use the credit card and you feel like, what's the point? And so um, if you can save first and then pay off debt, but just pick an amount that you feel like you could do relatively quickly. So if you've never saved before and you want to save $2,000 um, and you're, you have a lower income that may take you, you know, three, four months, uh, I'd rather you do $500 or $1,000 and then start paying off your debt. Right. Now, with that being said, now, going with this here, because like, you're right, a lot of times people get anxious about debt. They get a $1,000 check and they dump that whole $1,000 into the credit card yes. or whatever debt they have. And they don't think about, well, I got bills to pay. Right. Now, the bills come due and there's zero left, mm -hmm. right? Because And everyone's fallen into that trap somewhere along the line. Now, some of us have learned from it and not did it again. And some of us continue doing it and goes back onto the credit card, like you said. And it feels like the never-ending story. Yeah. But with that being said, so how does someone who wanna, wants to get into debt, how did they come up with a plan, like a budget? Like, how do you, like, like, like if you have, like, just like you said, we're going to use your debt, $45,000 of debt and whatever income they have, how will they dissect that debt and have a plan to pay it off without feeling so squeezed that they won't stick to it? Right. Yeah. Cause that's the other part is if you feel so deprived, it's harder to stick with it. Right. So, um, what I did and I still recommend is using debt calculator. So there's several different ones online. Just figure out which one you like because they're all a little different and they work a little different and they give you the results a little bit differently. It looks different. So figure out which one you like, uh, put your debt in there and just play around with the numbers because you will be shocked at how much faster you can pay off your debt with just an extra $200 a month and $200 extra a month is easy. Like you can easily either find $200 a month in your budget, cut back uh, some food and groceries. Uh, that's usually the biggest spending category um, from the people that I talk to and myself uh, that even with increased prices and everything, we can usually cut back on food and groceries if you haven't been mindful about it before. Like if, um, if you're like how I was before and just eating out whenever you want, uh, you can use $200 is easy to cut back on and it will literally cut years off of your payoff plan. And so once you do that and you can see the actual end result with the numbers and the calculators, it is motivating. And so, you know, even play around with $500, $1,000, even if it feels like it's impossible and you can't do that because you will find as you go, you find more money and more uh, drive to get it done faster and faster. Maybe you can make uh, extra money. Maybe you can sell things or cut expenses or combination of all three. Right. See, that's another point that you may hear. People have the opportunity to be able to find things they haven't used in a very long time. 
and maybe uh, do a garage sale, put it on eBay, uh, whatever, uh, Amazon, whatever way they can get rid of it and take that money towards debt. Yes. And they won't even feel that because that's just stuff collecting dust in the basement. Exactly. Yes. Facebook Marketplace, I think, is probably the biggest yes. one. I don't know if anybody uses Craigslist anymore, but <laughs> that used to be the big one. I don't know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but now everybody uses Facebook Marketplace. And especially if you have like old kids stuff, like I find for me anyway, that sells the fastest and the easiest people um, will buy like used kids stuff if you've got a lot of that laying around still. Right. Now, even going to food, right? Because that is a major expense. Let's yes. be honest. Yes. Right. Especially if you have kids. Um, because when you're feeding yourself, it's one person. When it's a husband and wife, it's two people. But usually you can split things because most people don't eat the full meal that you right. get when you buy. But when you get kids and if you have more than one, now going to a restaurant as a single person, it's probably a lot of wasted money. But like you said, sometimes you need peace of mind. Yeah. But um, you just stay that, sane. Right, <laughs> it's your job. <laughs> but when you have like, look, take your family, three kids, mm -hmm. and the two of you—that's five people at a restaurant. Yes. Oh, yeah. We never take the kids out to restaurants, but if we do fast food, now we do fast food, and it's like fifty bucks every time See? we go through the drive-through. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I mean—fifty yeah. bucks. Mm -hmm. And look at inflation. I remember growing up, that fifty bucks would have been like twenty-four dollars. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right, like what a difference. Yeah. Back when there was a real dollar menu, now that nothing is a dollar, everything's more than a dollar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the dollar store that uh, you find everything for four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should be instead of a dollar store, it should be dollars store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, with that being said, now I'm gonna I'm gonna attack the eating out part, right? And what I mean by that, everyone has different theories. Now. Again, going to the Dave Ramsey theory is that if you have debt, you don't eat out. And that's yeah. just the bottom line. Now, I think that's very tough. Um, some people can be very disciplined and do it. Mm -hmm. Other people will crack like a walnut and a walnut cracker. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So what are your thoughts on that? And how would you budget for that or not budget for that? Well, I think it's unrealistic to think that you're never going to eat out just because you have debt. Like that's just, that's just not realistic or possible for most people. Um, but you can plan for it. And if you are eating out several times a week, you can definitely cut back and maybe you go once a week or once a month or after you pay off so much debt or, you know, you do need to reward yourself along the way to help keep you motivated and, you know, have some little wins in there. So I definitely don't subscribe to the idea that you can't have any fun, or any joy in your life just because you have debt. Like, so it takes you an extra month to pay it off. Like big deal if that means that you stay sane and enjoy your life during that time because what will happen is you will deprive yourself so much along the way that as soon as you're debt free, like you just go crazy. And I have talked to so many people that did pay off their debt. And then a couple of years later, they're back in debt because they didn't actually change their behaviors. And so you really need to be realistic with your plan. And if you're going out to eat five days a week, you're most likely not going to be able to just snap your fingers and never go out again. But can you cut it back to two well, this month and then next month one and then the next month every other week and then the next month once a month? You know, you can make gradual changes. You don't have to just flip a switch and completely deprive yourself because it's not going to work in the long term. Right, which I love how you said the behavioral change because that's really the problem here. People yes. don't get in debt because they wait, woke up that day and they said, I need something even if I can't afford it. Yes. They uh, had a certain behavior that led them to the point that they can't afford it. Exactly. Right? So in order to change, you have to change behavior. And your mindset and how you think yes. about it, because we are so in the mindset in our society of the payment. So can I, oh, this, especially now there's like payment plans on literally everything, clothes, shoes, like 
okay, it's it's five bucks a month. It's 10 bucks a month. Instead of thinking about how much the total cost is, it's just how much is it per month? And so that uh, mindset is something, mindset and behavioral changes go together and improving that over time is oh, how man. you really have the long-term success. Oh, I tell you right now, this struck a chord. And I'm telling you, like, Jesus, man, can you believe they got payment plans for pizza? Like, for that's pe I haven't seen pizza. ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't like, seen pizza, but it's like, that's I ridiculous. mean, literally everything, <laughs> like, you can have a payment plan on. And just, it. I mean, at a minimum, you know, don't take out payments for clothes, shoes, food, like, you know, things like that at a minimum. And just, put it in your mind that I'm not a person, like put it as part of your identity. If you've read Atomic Habits, like that is a very good book on changing your behaviors yep. and building new habits. And, you know, if you make it part of your identity, like I'm not a person that finances things that are less than $500, you know, put a dollar amount and just say that that's not who I am and own it as part of your identity will help you make those changes if you're struggling with that. Yeah, I agree with you because it's getting ridiculous. Now, again, people are being told that you can afford things based on how much you can pay per month. Mm -hmm. yeah. I grew up in an era as you can afford things if the money was in the bank. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't care how much you make and how many monthly payments you can make. That does not mean you can afford it. Right? Like, mm -hmm. it's we, we all have a certain standard of living. And we get used to living that. When you add monthly payments, that takes away from that standard of living. And people aren't going to say, well, I was going to the restaurant for five days a week, but now I got uh, my shoes financed for the next six months. So maybe I'll go out two days a week. What ends up happening is they go out for the same five days and they just borrow more. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's at least a pattern I've noticed. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not everybody. That's the pattern I've noticed. And I thought the minute people got into that mindset, if I can afford it based on the monthly payment, it was all downhill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that, I love how you touched upon that. That was incredible. And I'm sure you can tell that really struck a chord. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of the problem with like why cars are so expensive because people only think about the monthly payment, not the total of amount of how much the car is costing. Like my husband's been looking at new trucks or not even new they're used and they're still $70,000. Like it's so ridiculous, but it's because people only think about the monthly payment mm -hmm. and he works with lots of like everybody he works with pretty much is like that. It's like, Oh, well the monthly payments almost only this and I'm going to trade it in in a year or two anyway. So what does it matter? Like they don't think about, the taxes in the, um, the sales tax, the property tax, all that stuff that goes into the loan. And then it just keeps building on it because they're trading in their cars, like literally every six months. Like it's insanity. To me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, wow. Right. Like it's mind boggling. I mean, I absolutely hate cars. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, not the actual vehicles. I realize we use vehicles to get point A to B. But just, uh, I recently had to buy a, uh, a car for, well, basically because the old car costs more to fix than it was worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. where we're getting at with our cars that his truck has 350,000 miles. Mine has 200,000 miles. They're breaking down like every month. Like it's yeah. crazy. Like it's, yeah, we, we've got to get some new cars. Well, that was it. Like for me, <laughs> I had my car and you know what I mean? Like the high and almighty German Mercedes Yeah, and, um, that thing was a lemon from the day I got it. Oh, no. Now, most of it was done under warranty, but of course, the warranty expires. And so and it's still inconvenient to constantly yes. have to fix the dang thing. But there's the thing, right? So it was under warranty. It had like $14,000 in repairs under warranty. Hmm. Then I went to, you know, warranty expired. Mechanic turned around and says there's about another eight grand worth of stuff here. And I said, oh wonderful. Gosh. It won't be me that fixes it, it's gone in the <laughs> trash. It's out of here, right? And that's why I figured I'm not spending eight grand for a car that's I might get two thousand for mm -hmm. in an insurance claim, right? right? Like it just made no sense. Exactly. Like, this, this car's yeah. got to go. I've gone over two hundred thousand. It's had its time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like exactly. there's just no way. But I tell you, I bought the, the my SUV now, and 
I resented that day. I love the truck. Don't misunderstand me. I love it. I love driving in it. I feel so comfortable. I actually like it more than the Mercedes. Yeah. I mean, it's a Toyota Highlander and it's just so comfortable. But it's one of those things that just departing with the money, mm-hmm. I had to puke. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I, then, yeah, I totally understand. So it's like they're just too expensive now. Yeah, it's crazy. But again, what are you going to do? Not drive? Exactly. What I mean, and I got three kids and they've I've got like a million places to go every day. So I have to have a car. So it is. Yeah. It is. And I'm in the real estate business. So I'm going to say, oh, you want to see a home? Can you pick me up on the yeah. way? <laughs> yeah. Can I get a ride? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, I'm going to Uber it. I'm going to get there and say, yeah, guy, we're going to be here for 20 minutes. Come back and pick me up. We've got the next location. Exactly. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Like, it is what it is. It's crazy. Right. But. Like you said, there's certain things you got to plan for. Now, let me ask you something in terms of even the going back to the debt payment thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole Ramsey things, you pay lowest interest, not lowest interest, lowest debt to highest debt, regardless of the interest. Yeah. Now, some people think that's crazy. I got a credit card that's 21% mm-hmm. and I got uh, something that's only like 8%. Why would I pay the 8% off first? Now, uh, the idea is that you're celebrating wins. Cause if you owe yeah. $500 on, on the 8%, but you owe $10,000 on the 20%, the idea is that it's easy to continue when you see wins. If you're trying to pay the highest interest, it feels like a never ending story. Now that's the concept. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are to find what works best for you. So, um, you know, I have the impact method. And so what that is based on is the biggest impact either in your budget. So like, especially for people that, um, don't have any money left over at the end of the month after they pay their bills. So I see that a lot as well. So, um, you know, how can you pay off maybe, Um, the biggest payment to free up money in your budget to give you some breathing room or the biggest impact emotionally, which bill would you hate paying the most? And it just sucks the life out of you when you have to make this payment. And, you know, as an example, this one lady um, hated paying her lawyer for her divorce. And every month that she had to make that payment, it reminded her of all that emotional baggage, right? So we're talking about emotion. So, you know, if that's you, Focus on that. If you don't have to follow a certain plan, like people are so wrapped up and worried about doing things the quote unquote right way. There is no right way. Like find what works for you. If you want to pay off that credit card because it's a high interest rate, do it. If you want to pay the lowest balance, you can get that quick win and have that emotional win. Do that. If you need to pay off a bill to get rid of the emotional baggage, do that. Like figure out what works best for you. Um, But if you, the one con with focusing on the interest rate, like you said, with the highest interest rate is if it's like your biggest balance and it's going to take you two years to pay it off because it's just so much money, you you're more likely to lose some steam and lose some motivation. So find something smaller that you can do quickly. That'll give you a big win and give you that emotional, uh, recharge and focus on that first. But the most important thing, no matter which way you go, is to just focus on one debt at a time. Okay. Don't do $20 here, $20 there. It just, it's gets you stagnant and you need to make progress faster. So just focus on one debt at a time. That's really the most important thing. Right. But let's be clear that focusing on one debt doesn't mean don't make your minimum payments elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. You got to pay your bills. But with like the extra, when you're focusing on extra money, it just goes to one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, with that being said, it's um, I'm going to do another touchy subject and I'm opinionated on this one. <laughs> But um, again, it goes also goes back to what you always say is um, is not necessarily that there's a right or wrong. It's what's right for you. Um, but I'm a firm believer that if you're in debt, you don't have vacations. And I don't mean you don't take time and refreshers. I mean, you don't spend $2,000 on a credit card to buy a plane ticket and go and live in a hotel room, you know, when you're in debt. Maybe have a staycation, maybe do something locally that you might be able to do for half the price. Right. Yes, absolutely. I do think that you do need to do something if that's important to you. Um, Find ways to save money. Um, 
you know, do something local, but yeah. Do you, if you have, you know, a ton of debt, do you really need to spend 10 grand on a Disney vacation or, you know, going overseas or something like that? So, um, you know, of course it's personal preference, but that goes back to changing your mindset, changing your behavior. And so if you are doing that, um, think about why that's important to you, why that's more important to you than paying off the debt and really dive deep into your mindset about why, um, you would want to do that in the first place and why you think that's important. Because I have seen, I've, you know, I talked to a lot of people in my community and, um, you know, just the other day, this lady was telling me about how she had this money saved up her emergency fund and she used it all to take her kids on a vacation because they hadn't been on vacation in two years. And now she's stressing because she doesn't have any money in savings and she has this debt and like, what is she going to do? Um, and so in that situation, you know, really think to yourself, is it more important for my kids to go on this vacation than it is for me to have some peace about my finances and pay off debt so that you can really enjoy a vacation in the future. And so, you know, really dive deep down into that and decide what is more important to you at this time, because there's lots of fun things you can do with your kids that are, that is local and doesn't cost any money or very little money. You don't need to take them on a $2,000 vacation to make memories with them. And, you know, as moms, that's important to us. We want to make memories with our kids and have those experiences, but that doesn't mean you have to spend thousands of dollars to do that. Yeah, exactly. Now here's a, another thing, right? Like when I say don't go on vacation, if you're in debt, let me be clear. I don't expect a person to fully pay off their mortgage before going on vacation. Yeah. True. Most people are going to take 15 years to pay a mortgage. I don't expect you to wait 15 years because God forbid that house mortgage will disappear because other things appear. I mean, if you owe money on your credit card and you're paying 22%, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't board a plane. Yes. Right. So, so anything but a mortgage is what I make my claim on that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So with that being said, also, what are your thoughts on student debt? That's another touchy thing for me. Oh, well, <laughs> I think that um, changes need to be made to the overall system, right? The increased costs have come from um, all the loans and everything. Like when people had to pay cash, it was way cheaper, right? So that's part of the problem is, um, you know, you're giving 18-year-olds thousands and thousands of dollars and, you know, a huge percentage of them don't finish their college or they don't use their degree at all. Like my degree, I don't use it at all. And the interest rates are insane. So like with my student loan, it was our biggest debt. And in 10 years of paying on this student loan, I had only paid off $3,000. Like that's ridiculous. So I think changes need to be made to the overall system. And I think parents need to realize that your student can't, your child can't just take out a loan if you decide you're not paying for it. That's literally not how it works. And most people do not understand that. The government decides how much you as a parent are responsible for and your student doesn't get to just make up whatever you um, are supposed to pay that the government says that you're supposed to pay unless you can just pay it outright. That's literally not how it works. And I talk to so many people that are like, well, I'm not taking out the loans. They can do it. No, that's not how it works. The government decides who takes out the loan and for how much. And so, uh, you know, I do think education is important. It is required for like everything nowadays, even if it's really not required, which is a whole other flaw in the system that it's like, you have to have a degree for a job that doesn't need a degree. Like it's stupid. Like my mom, for example, doesn't have a degree and she, um, the job that she does, she's done for 25 years. It didn't even have a degree until like the last five years. And now she's getting turned down for jobs automatically, like just in the system automatically kicks it because she doesn't have a degree, but she has 25 years of experience and three different registries for her job that most people don't, like they have to have one registry and she has three. 
But because she doesn't have a degree, she automatically gets kicked out of the system without anybody even seeing her application. So there's lots of flaws in the system. As you can tell, I'm getting like irritated about it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think that student loan debt is all bad. But I think you need to be intentional with it. You need to be intentional with what you are going to study and how that is going to benefit you in the long term. Like, you know, do, do something generic, a business degree, uh, you know, something that is useful to society. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, need you mean to you don't want to do philosophy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, I'm going to be honest. This is where I have a little bit of a difference of opinion yeah. with you on here. Yeah. Um, I'm not against education. Let's be clear. Yeah. Right. Don't misunderstand me, but I still, I don't believe in student loans. Yeah. Now I'm going to have exceptions, which I'm going to get into in my here, thing here. So as a general rule, I do not believe in them. Now, if you just want a business, uh, a business, uh, what's it called again? I did this one. I should know this one. Some form of a business associate or some stupid thing yeah. like that. You do not need student loans to get that kind of a degree. Yeah. If you want to do philosophy, you do not need a, a, a student loan to do that. I would much rather see kids taking a year or two off after high school to work and save that money, even if it is working at Starbucks or working at uh, Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons or whatever. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. putting money aside and using that over borrowing money because it goes back to the interest rates and now they don't prioritize the student loans. And what ends up happening is that student loan, 15 years after you graduate, it's still there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you've barely paid any off. That's what's happened right. to me. Now, if you did that with your mortgage, guess what? You'd be on the street. You wouldn't have a house. Yeah. But somehow for student loans, they make exceptions to that. You got a, you got a student, an 18-year-old, who doesn't think it's valuable to pay his $1,000 credit card. But you're giving him $30,000, dollars $50,000 on a student loan. Does that make sense to you? Now, don't no, get me wrong. No, no, I agree with you. I think the overall system is flawed, but it is the system that we're working with right now. I don't right. think all student loans are bad. Like, you know, if you're going to medical school, it's going to be really hard to pay for that in cash. Hang you know, on. there's certain this things that you need going. a degree that is going to be hard to pay for it all in cash. Okay, this is where I was going. Like I'm saying <laughs> for a basic degree... Take a couple of years off, save your money, work or the summer, work part time like, while you're in high school, exactly. go to community school. You don't yeah. need to borrow money. You right. want to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer, just get ready to pay because that's your only option. Yeah, that's exactly. So it really is going to depend on what you want to do and what your options are. And, you know, talk to if you decide uh, for community school, uh, for an example, and I have a guest uh, that has been on my podcast, we talked a little bit about this, and she's coming back on later to um, we're going to dive deeper into the uh, college, <laughs> college stuff. Um, and, you know, if you know you want to um, save some money and go to a community college, but your long-term goal is to go to a four-year school and know which school you want to go to that has the program that you're looking for and contact them to figure out which credits will transfer, which credits do you need, because that will save you money. Because I think a lot of people don't want to go to community college because they think, oh, it won't transfer, it won't do me any good, it's a waste of time and money, whatever. Um, but it's really not, especially if you are intentional with the classes that you choose and which ones that you actually need. So you're not having to redo those later at a four-year school. They can work together. And I know here, at least where I live, they have a lot of programs where you can get college credits through community college in high school. So we have high school seniors graduating with an associate's degree and their high school diploma at the same time. So there are tons of options out there. So know kind of what you want to do and like think about it long-term. Um, you know, yes. With what you want to do. Yes. Yes. We got to take away the whole instant gratification out of the equation. I mean, anyway, you look at it, you got to put in the work or right? the experience of college. Okay. I'm not paying thousands and thousands of dollars for an experience. Like I didn't do that in college. I'm not paying that for my children. Like college isn't, I don't know, to me, college is not for the experiences for the education. And that's what you need to focus on. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent there. So with that being said now, like going into the whole, uh, you know, growing up and, you know, choosing what to do, 
Like we all had something in our mind on what we wanted to do growing up. Um, I'm sure you didn't think about, you know, being in the budgets or a police officer yeah, at age exactly. six. Yeah. I mean, maybe a police officer. because No, happens, <laughs> not at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, what were you aspiring to be and how did that change? Um, my plan was to be a counselor. And so that I got a degree in psychology and my last semester of school, I was just over it. Like I was over school, not what I wanted to do. And, you know, for anything with being a counselor, you have to get your master's degree. So I was looking at, um, colleges for my master's and all this stuff. I'm like, I really just want to take a break. And I had already taken a break from college to begin with. So I was like, I, I'm like, for this. I need a break. And so I was like, well, what else am I going to do? And I had a, um, I minored in criminal justice. Cause I've always like, uh, profiling, like all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of, I did both and I was like, okay, well, if I don't go to school for my master's, what else am I going to do? And so my father-in-law was a state trooper and I was like, well, I'll go on a ride along with him, see what it's like. And maybe I will try and be a detective, you know, go into law enforcement. And I went on a ride along with him and loved it. And so that's what I did. Like I decided my last semester of college that that's what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I could go back to school later. And I did start my master's degree for, um, uh, oh my gosh, what is it called? Leadership and something. I don't know. It's for law enforcement. I was like, this is stupid. Like, what am I going to do with this outside of law enforcement? And I don't want to be in law enforcement forever. Like, why am I doing this? And so then I, I didn't finish it, but I didn't pay for it either. The town, uh, you know, reimbursed me. So it, it didn't cost me anything, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, <laughs> it's interesting that you even knew you wanted to get into the whole psychology thing, or that was your, you know what I mean? Like, cause, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of times things change as you grow up. Yeah. Like and you, I just, I still, and probably it does carry over into what I do today. It does, even though it wasn't directly for what I'm doing now, it has played a role. I just love to know why people do what they do. And that's really what psychology is. And yeah. I still, like, I still love that. Like, I still love to know why people do what they do. Now it's just, why do people do what they do with their money? <laughs> uh -huh. It's just focused on money instead of, you know, serial killers. And yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's irony for you. I've always wanted to be the whole radio broadcasting, the announcer, whatever, and I'm doing a podcast. See yeah, some similarities here? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's man. so many ways to make money now that... I just find it so irritating that so many places say you need a degree. Like you can learn so much more with online courses and YouTube and all the things that, and it just real life experience. You learn more from experience than you do from a degree. You just, you really do. But this is the thing, right? I think there's so many opportunities out there and this is where we d disagree a little bit. Maybe for some jobs, yes, you're right. But there's so many opportunities out there that you can do, and some instances you can make more money mm -hmm. yes. in those instances where you don't have the degree than the ones that you do have the degree. Oh, absolutely. My husband doesn't have a degree and he makes more money than I do. So yeah, it, you don't need a degree. I just find it's, it's frustrating to me. Like I said, I want to keep all my op options open in life. And when you have a degree, at least a bachelor's degree, it gives you more options. It just does. It just oh my god! Does. Bachelor's <laughs> degree was the one I was looking for. Oh, the word! <laughs> I wasn't sure what, what you were searching. That's for. what I was Sorry. looking for. I was like, you know what? It's been so long since I went to school. It's like I am like, what did I go to school for again? <laughs> yeah. So it just gives you more options. Now I'm not going to force my kids to go to school if they don't want to go to school. But I have seen just in my family, you know, hardly myself and one uncle. I think between. Gosh, I think even between my husband's immediate family and my family are the only ones that have a degree. Um, and I'm not saying you have to have a degree. I just, for me, like I said, I want all my options in life. So <laughs> well, I'm going to keep my options open. I'm glad I have the degree because so many, even though it's not applicable to most jobs, they say you need a degree. So it's just frustrating when I see like, you know, like I said, my mom automatically get kicked from jobs for not having a degree when she doesn't need a degree for her job. Right. But that it goes down to what I said. Okay. I'm going to admit, you know, that some jobs, there's no way around it. 
but it doesn't mean there's no opportunity because oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no. you know, like I said, they're all of our families, like no, hardly anybody, maybe one other person has a degree. Um, and they all like, they make decent money. Like, you know, and my husband makes good money, doesn't have a degree. So it's not a requirement. And you can make like go to a trade school even. Yeah. You, know, you can make a lot of money on trades nowadays, like a lot of money. So yeah, I'm not saying that you that you don't uh that you do have to have a degree at all. I just, you know, I like to have my options open. If my kids want to go to school, I'll help them because I think in the long term it's not a bad no, thing, but I don't not. want them to graduate with thousands of dollars in debt for a degree in the study. They're going to get a degree that is actually useful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, that's the thing, right? Again, even trades these days, like a plumber will make stupid money. Right? Yes, like, yes. HVAC, yeah. like fabrication, like my husband does. Like, if you can weld, if you're a good welder, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, because there's it goes back to everything in business is supply and demand. Yes. And when the supply is a lot shorter than the demand, prices go up. Yep. It's very exactly. simple. And because everybody started going to college instead of trade school, there's uh, less supply of um, laborers. Exactly. Now, I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to go into what I call the lightning round. All right. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> so question the second last question is going to be how do you know it's been a successful day oh my goodness in i guess business or life um <laughs> both, well, for, for both for my business uh it's been successful if i get my top three things done for the day um i feel successful when i do that and for my life in general if my children haven't driven me to go lock myself in my bedroom <laughs> that's a good one a successful day <laughs> that's awesome that's a really good one <laughs> so last question but not least, where do people find you online? Uh, everything is budgets made easy, except for the podcast. The podcast is the Money Mindset Podcast. So wherever you're listening to this at, you can listen to me. It's on all major platforms and even Alexa. You can say play the Money Mindset Podcast. Uh, so yeah, everything is budgets made easy. Instagram, Facebook, um, my website, budgets made easy. Love it. So going into the lightning round, some fun questions. Now I'm going to get to, you know, learn a little bit about you <laughs> <laughs> and not just the business. So first question is going to be, it's going to be about food. Okay. It's going to be, what's your favorite food and why? Oh, fajitas. I don't know. We just love fajitas Mexican food good. in our house. We eat Mexican probably at least twice a week. <laughs> Oh, fajitas are really good. They're right. That's hard to challenge that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite vacation spot and why? Oh, we I love going to the beach. Uh, but my husband's allergic to the sun. <laughs> like literally right. allergic to the sun. Um, that makes stuff or challenging. <laughs> So we like to go to Orlando and Disney World. And this year we're actually um, going to go to Universal. We haven't been to Universal and all that stuff. So that is, we love going down to Orlando. That's awesome. Believe it or not, I've never been to Disney. Oh, I love it. I still love it. But like everything my kids are into now is at Universal. So I don't know. We might get one day at Disney. We we shall see. But it really is Fun for all ages. <laughs> it really Good to is. Know. Good to <laughs> it's know. so dang expensive, though. Oh my god. Yeah, that's, that's true too. <laughs> so, but I'm going to a conference, so we've managed. This will be my second conference in Orlando that we've made into a family vacation. So I save a little bit of money that way. What conference is that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, it's FinCon, so it's for uh, finance bloggers and uh, finance experts to meet with, um, like finance uh, companies. So to kind yeah. of meet and go together. That makes sense. So yeah, so you're you're constantly uh, trying to upgrade yourself and constantly learn and. Oh yeah, I mean? absolutely. That's yeah, very important too. Yes, it is. It really is. 
Yeah, well, so many times people get into a business or get into a uh, career and they just think that's it. They no more progress, no more, uh, you know, upgrading and then sort of coast. Uh, yeah, I saw that in law enforcement a lot too. And there's so much training for police officers. And, you know, I was constantly going to training and learning new things. And then you have other detectives who are like, I know everything. I've done everything. I know <laughs> nothing else. It's like, all right, whatever. To me, yeah. my philosophy is life is all about trying to better yourself. And that never ends. And so, yeah, that's what I like to do. Best investment <laughs> on the planet is investing in yourself. Exactly. So third question is going to be, what is your favorite book? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one because I read a lot of books. Well, actually, I don't. I listen to them because, you know, I'm busy and driving all the time. Oh, my God. Same concept, whether you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. I love listening. Oh, my gosh. I really can't even think of one off the top of my head. I should have prepared because I always ask people about their books. Um, I really enjoyed Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima. Yes. Okay. I, I really I liked her. that one. I actually listened to the audio and I read it. So that's one of the few that I did both. And then I just ordered 10 copies of Ed Milet's book that's coming out. And it's one more. Wow. I get the whole thing. But I Crap, love I just Ed watched Milet. this interview about that book. Did you? Oh, yeah, I've been listening to his God. podcast interviews yes. that he's been doing leading. And then he had a conference last week. Um, I watched that virtually. Um, I love Ed Milet. And so I've got 10. I'm really excited for his book. I think it comes out Wednesday. And so yeah, hopefully I'm I'll get it, it soon. Like I'm ready. Too. Yeah. Yes. I saw the interview. I saw it was, I believe it or not, it was, uh, it was uh, the book you mentioned, Jamie Kern Lima. She yes, uh, was interviewing him. That was a him. great interview. Yes, I listened yeah, to that yeah, as well. Yeah. Listen to the one with Jasmine Starr. Oh, I yes. I actually liked that one a little bit better than the, and he, he, um, there was a few different things he talked about with Jam Jasmine Starr than he did with Jamie Kerlina. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. She's another one that, uh, yeah, is, I love uh, her. Inspiring. So I'll have to send you a copy because I literally ordered 10 copies. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll send you a copy of this book when I get it. Hopefully I get it soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, what would be your favorite podcast? I kind of think I know the answer here. Oh gosh. I love, which actually I don't listen to Ed's podcast that much. I don't know why, but um, the main one I listen to is Amy Porterfield's. Um, okay. Yeah. Online yeah. Online marketing I, I, made easy, I believe is what it's called. So I love her. I listen to hers all the time and I, really love uh Scientology with Leah Rimini what is it called um oh my god I can't think of the name but if you look it up you'll find that but she hasn't released any new ones in like a couple months and so that was when I would wait like every Tuesday morning for the new episode and she hasn't made any since like March but um, isn't that disappointing my... though when you have yes. a routine and yes. you're sitting there going you Make pick up your podcast. phone and like play 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 and it's like oh it's not there Yes, like, and I keep going back and checking and seeing if there's a new episode. But I do need to re-download Ed Milet's. Uh, like, I listen to a lot of his stuff and interviews he's done or that he's been a guest on. But I, for some reason, I, I don't think I've subscribed to his podcast, um, which is dumb. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've been on and off with his. Like, I'll listen to it. And then I just yeah. sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to listen to this. Unsubscribe. And a month later, yeah. it's like, I wonder what's going on. I'm back in. It's yeah. Like and that's what happens to me too. Cause I love listening to business podcasts. And yes. so when I listen to some kind of like his and they do all these other topics, like I don't even listen to it. Uh, and so that that's probably what I've done. Cause I know I've subscribed before and then my phone gets too full and I have to go in and unsubscribe and delete them all. And then I forget to go back or, you know, like he's doing his books. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to go see what his, if there's any episodes I want to listen to of his. So. <laughs> totally makes sense. Now, last question is what is your favorite TV or movie? Oh gosh. I have been into, um, better call Saul. That's a series I just finished. And I didn't, when I started it, I didn't know it was a prequel to breaking bad. And so now oh. I've just started breaking bad, which I will say breaking bad. I watched the first episode and I didn't really like it. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to keep watching this. And then my husband talked to his people he works with who'd watch it. They're like, you got to get to like a couple episodes in, then you'll be hooked. And they were right now I'm hooked on breaking bad. So I'm catching up on that. Uh, but better call Saul, um, if you haven't seen it, it's on, um, uh, 
what did I watch it on Netflix? I think the first so many seasons are on Netflix, but this current one is on AMC plus, which is so annoying right. that you have to have so many streaming services. Um, and so it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. And so that, um, that was one I really liked, uh, recently. Fantastic. Yeah. Like I agree with you about the streaming services. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Let's get rid of cable, but we'll spend the same or more on streaming services. It's craziness. And like, why is it on <laughs> Netflix? And then I have to have another one to watch the current season. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I, I, I gave up my Netscape, uh, Netscape, Netflix, uh, subscription, to be honest. Really? I gave I... it up. I gave it up about eight months ago. It's one of those things I had it. I hardly yeah. used it. And um, it was one of those things when my sister's little ones would come over, I would use yeah. it for them. But then it, it, it just seemed that, you know, we got to have more to do than just watch TV. And yeah. I thought since I'm not really using it on a regular basis, I just got rid of it. Yeah, but, I uh, never or I hardly ever watched it. Um, and, but my mom paid for it. Yeah. And we watched Disney. Disney yeah, yeah. all like if there was one I had to keep, it'd be Disney, but I could get rid of any other ones. But my mom and I, we kind of split them. And then I have some that's like bundled on my phone plan. That's like, it doesn't actually cost me anything extra, which Disney Hulu and I forget Makes there's one sense. more on there. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have Amazon, but that's because, um, yeah, we have Amazon. <laughs> that's because also the Amazon prime with the deliveries, right? So. Yeah. My mom pays for that one too, but yeah, <laughs> the two day shipping. Uh, just let you know, uh, your uh, mom know you have a friend that you want to uh, send another. <laughs> I'm just joking. They're cracking down <laughs> on the passwords and stuff, so we'll see how long it's it so lasts. true. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, any last words for uh, viewers or listeners? You know, I really just want you, if you get nothing else from today, is just to don't worry about doing anything the right way. Figure out what works for you and that you can stick with long-term. That is, and really that boils down to being realistic with yourself and your vision for your life, you know, deciding what is important for you right now, what's important for you in the long-term and your priorities, you know, um, oh my gosh, this made me think about when we were talking about traveling, you know, I have yeah. a friend that uh, travel is super important to them. They don't add to their debt, but they have other debt, uh, but traveling, they go several times a year, but he works extra. He saves that cash for the traveling. So it doesn't add to their debt, but that is something that's really, really important to them. And, you know, it is what it is, in my opinion, like that's what's important to them. They're not adding to their debt. Um, so just think about what is really a priority to you and your family right now. And those things can change. I mean, it changes as your kids grow older, things are different. And as you get older and in your career and your life, and you're deciding what you want to do with your life and things like that, I feel like as I'm approaching 40, I'm like, I haven't done anything. What have I done with my life? You know, all those things start to change your perspective on what is important to you. And so really decide and get a clear vision of your life and what you want it to look like. And everything else will kind of fall into place if you are really honed in on your vision and that you are excited about it and that it helps motivate you. Makes total sense. I love that. I absolutely love it. That was like perfectly said. <laughs> thank you. So with that being said, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. This was fun. It's always great to get to talk to people like this. That's why I love doing a podcast because I I'm such an introvert and I work at home and it's just like, I love being able to talk to other people like you about this kind of stuff. It's fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I could do it all day. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. If you like this episode and you want to see more, subscribe to the link below. Thank you for watching The John Papaloni Show.